Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Diane. And this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, let you learn and let you grow, together with other mothers, when autumn comes. So today, today you guys, I hope you love today's guest. You are familiar with her and you've heard her story, you've heard her speak. Um, she has two amazing kids and she... I can't do this, guys. I I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. I my guest today, Emily, is not here. And see, I have decided that since I don't have a a job anymore in my line of business and my career, um, you know, that we I, I can tell you the details later if you really want to hear them, but I have decided that this podcast is not just my passion project anymore, but this is my, I was going to say job, but I have been corrected by a few people to say this is my calling. And I love this. I love, love, love this podcast. So part of making this my calling slash job is that I have committed to put content out. And every Wednesday is when autumn comes Wednesday. And here I am. I don't have content. So I decided that I would give you guys, uh, I should come up with some witty name, like, I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. I'll have to think it through. But I found myself at a place, and honestly, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. When people have podcasts for for themselves, do they... I don't know what to do. I'm I'm sitting here. Normally, I'm making eye contact through a computer screen with my guest, but now I'm just sitting here looking around my messy room over the garage. Okay, let's do this. We can do this. I found myself giving Emily a pep talk this week. Emily has a rare disease kiddo who actually was in the step-down unit with Lorelai. Her son, Damien, was one of Lorelai's roomies, and... You know, it's been an interesting journey to see where all of Lorelai's peers have gone, what they've done, how our medical journeys have been similar yet different, how as mothers, our journeys have been similar but different. Today, I quickly want to just chit chat about how it is so okay to be a rusty medical mom. I found myself having many, many conversations with Emily over the last couple of days and She was saying, we haven't been inpatient in four years. Just because we're medical moms does not mean that we are always on our game. 
I like to think that I'm always on my game, but let's be real. It, it's impossible. Considering I have children that cannot walk, they definitely keep me on my toes. I am constantly waiting for the next shoe to drop or guillotine to fall or whatever that saying is. It's really, really hard to get comfortable, ever. I'm always on edge. I'm always wondering if we're going to end up inpatient for some reason. I'm always wondering when we did end up in the hospital in the ICU with Lorelai, like, is this it? Is something else going to happen? What is going to be the plot twist this time? We had a couple a couple stays where things went okay. And I was just like waiting for the next thing to happen because my kids don't do just okay hospital stays. They're always super dramatic. But when I am able to get comfortable in those small moments, I would say right now, if I'm being quite honest and I partially want to say that I'm going to jinx myself, but my therapist reminds me all the time that I don't have the power to actually jinx myself. That That is way beyond my skill set. So I will be honest and say that right now, I feel a little comfortable. Benji is stable. We had a scare the week before Mother's Day because my kids do holidays. Um, We had a scare that he possibly had hydrocephalus like Lorelai, and we had to go in and do an MRI. And he's fine. He's stable. But, you know, that moment where it was like, oh, crap. The doctor doesn't think I'm crazy. I have been monitoring these symptoms. The doctor agrees and thinks that we should get an MRI. Oh, wait, insurance is approving the MRI for tomorrow? Okay, this is serious. The fight or flight or the adrenaline or whatever the scientific psychological explanation behind all of it is immediately kicks in. Now, thanks to Lorelai, I was in and out of the hospital a lot throughout her life. Multiple, multiple surgeries, um, lots of stays due to autonomic storming. I didn't really lose practice being a hospital mom. Just because you're a medical mom doesn't mean you have to be a hospital mom. The lucky ones get to get rusty in being a hospital mom. So when Emily and I were talking earlier in the week, and she was like, hey, I'm going to have to cancel my interview. I have to take my kid in, and I have a feeling something's going to happen. First of all, good job trusting your mom gut. That is something that I think it takes practice to listen to your mom gut. It takes even more strength to respond to your mom gut. So bravo for that. I spent a little bit of time texting her and she was like, I am so sorry to bother you with this. I know you have stuff going on and I know you are taking care of Benji. And she said, I should be better at this. Everything in me wanted to like reach through the phone and give her a hug and say, honey, it is so okay that you are not better at being in the hospital with your child. None of us should have to be better at being in the hospital with our children. It should not be normal for any of us. But unfortunately, it is for some of us. We adapt and we grow. But I told Emily, I said, I'm a little jealous. And I'm super grateful for you that you have had four years of being home. 
that speaks volumes about what your child has been doing. That speaks volumes about the level of care that you have been able to give him. So I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it like 15 more times in this episode. It is okay to be a rusty hospital mom. I'd have to use the Google to find out the actual reason. Or I'd have to refer back to the episodes that we had Amanda on. I think she talked about it a little bit. For me, at least, when I am shaken out of that few minutes of feeling comfortable, everything in me is on edge. Like everything in me is in fight or flight mode. Given my experience, given what science says about my rare children, given Lorelai and all of her drama, I'm terrified of the moment that I am thrown back into being a hospital mom. We go occasionally for appointments, but going into the hospital for appointments isn't the same as entering the hospital with your child who is crashing in your arms through the emergency room, waiting for a bed space, being sent to the ICU or the general floor. I don't care who you are. Your head is not going to be completely in the game. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel anxious. It is okay to feel relief if you're like, oh my gosh, we made it to the ER. Oh my gosh, these people are here to help me. It's okay to feel devastated as you look around and see other people. It is okay to feel joy because you know you have support. You are not at home trying to save your child by yourself. Dare I say, the more we love our children, the foggier our brain can get in moments of trauma. I am a huge fan of making lists. Even if it's in your phone, if it's written on the back of your hand, if you think of something, write it down. More than likely in 20 minutes when they rush in because your kid is alarming for some stupid reason, hopefully. Hopefully it's a stupid reason and not like a real life-threatening reason, but Either way, that alarm is going to totally sidetrack you and everything that you wanted to ask the doctor. So write it down. It is completely okay to carry your list with you into rounds and say, here are the things I want to discuss today. Speaking of rounds, I personally think that if you are comfortable standing in rounds, do it. If they don't invite you, Ask to be invited. Tell them that you want to listen as they round on your kid and that you want to be part of your child's care plan. You, mama and dad, you know your child best. You may not have a fancy schmancy degree, but you are the expert on your kid. You know that when your kid gags a certain way, that means he needs to poop. You know that when your kid is pulling at her mouth, that means she's in pain. You know these things and they do not. Another thing that we do when we're inpatient, when Lorelai was really severe, uh, I always wanted them to know who she was. I wanted them to see my doodle. I wanted them to see her with her pigtails and her puppy and her piggy stuffed animals. I wanted them to know who they were helping me fight for. So print pictures. Make 
them know your kid. A couple more things and then I promise I will wrap this up. It's okay to ask to see a doctor. It is okay to flag a nurse down in the hallway and say, hey, can you find my nurse? It's okay to drag the stranger nurse into the room if you need assistance. It's okay to ask them to do handoff in front of you so that you can be part of it, just like rounds. It's okay to ask questions and be rusty and say, hey, we haven't been inpatient in four years. When I was here last time, my kid was a baby and things were very different because now she can run around and she was not doing that before. I need child life to come in. I need somebody to come and bring us bubbles. I need a chair so that I can get my kid out of the bed. These are all things that I personally always feel uncomfortable asking for, but they're there. And I often forget that people can't read my mind. (laughs) I am also a people pleaser and I don't want to piss off my waitress. Yet I want my child to have the best care that he and she can receive. I really had zero plans for this episode other than to tell you guys that it is so okay to be a rusty medical mom. I think we all hold ourselves to such high standards because we're used to running our houses. We're used to running care plans and dealing with PCAs and nurses at home and we're in charge there. The second we walk into a hospital or an emergency department, we are giving control over to strangers oftentimes. And that's terrifying. So if your brain gets foggy the second you walk through those doors because your kid isn't well, that is normal. And you are doing such a good job. You are in the right place and you are taking care of your child. Losing control and being terrified about whether or not your kid is going to crash and oftentimes being completely exhausted when you get there because you've been taking care of said child for days or hours or whatever the case may be at home. Give yourself grace. I'm going to wrap up. I promise. I just want to say thank you for listening to me ramble for the last 10 minutes. And I'm probably going to be doing a few more episodes by myself this summer. I am not going to completely disappear like we did last summer. Lorelai kind of pushed us into a summer vacation and it was the worst vacation doodle. My goal this summer is to actually enjoy some time off but I'm going to still keep a little bit of new content coming. My goal is to have weekly five-minute episodes that are just kind of touching base and encouraging all the moms, not just the hospital moms, but all of you as we navigate summer vacation with our kids. We are also having a book club this summer with Leah Moore. I am so excited and you'll get more information about that coming up very soon. So if you want to give me some constructive criticism, keep in mind I'm a grieving mom and I don't have a job and I do have a background in communications, believe it or not, but be nice with the constructive criticism. No, really. I would really, really love to hear from all of y'all if you like episodes going a certain way, if you have certain topics that you want, if you want to share your story, or maybe you don't want to share a story and you just want to talk about something like, what it feels like to compartmentalize grief. 
I'm here for it. Let's do it. The last thing I want to say is since we did discuss communications in this episode, I have a new freebie for you guys. I was talking to a new mom, a new medical mom recently, and she was like, how in the world do you and your nurse or your attendant, how do you guys all communicate with each other? And we've tried notebooks and binders and calendars, and I printed off spreadsheets and had people color code things. And one of the things that worked best for us is a communication sheet. It is something that I have created and I'm giving it to you guys for free. I want you to be able to use it. If it helps you, great. If it doesn't, maybe another mom you know could use it. So if you go to suzegagan.com slash freebies, I will have it there for you. It is a communication sheet that everyone in the household can use so you guys can literally all be on the same page when it comes to the care of your child. Oh my gosh, I give so much credit to real podcasters, y'all. I give so much credit to solo podcasters because this is hard. Bring back my co-hostess and bring back my guest, please. This is Suze. I am going to go I'm going to go pour some wine and then edit the crap out of this episode because it was terrible. I'll talk to you guys soon.